Chapter 20 Rabbit Traps He was attacked again last night in Sector 40B. Did you intervene? No, he told me to stay out of it. Sandara Laveau's henchmen were on hand to intercept the threat. Parrick referred to the attackers as wardens and said they were from the Underhive. Why didn't he take care of them himself? Maybe he could have, but I don't think he's that good an actor. He actually wilted under the stare of the attackers as they approached. And Laveau? Something is going on between her and Parrick. She's obviously his rival, but they pretend to be all chummy. It's completely disturbing. How so? Well, for one thing, she's twice his age, and he has the libido of an 18-year-old. What does that have to do with anything? We think it was her henchman that shot him, and yet Parrick acts like he owes her something and has to pay up. There's a reason Laveau is the boss of the 99s. Sub-Zero politics are as twisted as the Overhive. Maybe, but for good or bad, he's picked up another bodyguard, a noble that is also a member of the Fates. Who? Brienne Holland. She's a few years older than Parrick, and they have a history. That seems unlikely. How do you know that she's one of the Fates? She flaunts a pair of hot-shotted Lay's pistols, and I've seen her before in other clubs run by the Fates. She's an enforcer. Brienne and Evan Holland were reported missing three years ago, but Lord Holland declined an investigation. It might be a good time to follow up on that. In the meantime, watch your back. You think I'll become a target? You're acting as the bodyguard to one of the most powerful bosses in Sub-Zero. And don't forget, he has an utterly dangerous mission to complete. When he tells you to stay out of the way, do it. Even with Luna walking behind us, it wasn't completely safe. Bree and I were too focused on each other to pay attention to our surroundings. We headed up to Ground Zero, sharing a busy lift, and I called a private car for the ride into the Overhive. It was nearing 5 a.m. as we finally reached the Killhaven estate. I'd left with one beautiful woman and returned with two. If life rewarded symmetry, we'd all be born with two hearts, not broken halves. Luna yawned, still having her reports to make. Do I need to tuck you in? Bree's presence eliminated several cheeky responses to that. We'll be here in the living space or on the penthouse level working out. You've got my number. My comms clicked, signaling a new message. Asher wanted to know if I would be working out this morning. She'd never met Brianne Holland, and it was about time. I clicked off Bree's charge packs and helped her get out of her reinforced leather jacket. We sat together in the living room. The three-story ceilings gave the room a cathedral-like feel, and the echoing silence pulled at the frayed edges of our minds. In the sudden privacy of the moment, Bree looked like she was going to break down again. That night, after Lady Han touched you, never have I felt such loathing, not even for my father. What's wrong with me? What happened to your wrists? Why all the bruises? Evan has me using restraints at night. It helps him sleep. But not you. How could I? I saw the video. I knew what I felt when it happened, and there wasn't an ounce of sympathy for you. And yet you're here with me now. I don't understand it. As quickly as the feeling arrived, it disappeared that same night along with you. I'd wanted you dead, and I thought it was all my fault. I'd never forgotten the look on her face after the Warp Witch delivered its curse. It had hurt me more than I could comprehend, and perhaps that was part of the reason I was slow to return. I finally understood that Bree had been a victim of Silgo, too. Bree, the Greys aren't only for keeping the fates in line. Lady Han is a Warp Witch, and the Wardens mask her presence on Fulcrum Four. The Witch did something to me that night. It chained a Warp creature to my being. That's what you felt. That's what you hated. It wasn't me. What did you feel? You saw the video. That's exactly how I felt. 
I'd been working on more constructive forms of expression, but still had a long way to go. And how do you feel about Luna Rayner? Why? She's attracted to you. Okay, now I'm beginning to worry about your sanity. I can tell a rival when I see it. Wait, who says you're her rival? I haven't even seen you in a swimsuit. Bree smiled and kissed me on the mouth. She whispered in my ear. What were you saying? All my doubts about getting closer to this young woman flew up to the ceiling and vanished in the air recyclers. I was wondering if you were up for a workout this morning. It's one of the few things that keeps me on track these days. Who messaged you earlier? A workout buddy? I'll let you be the judge. The look on Court McNeil's face was clear. I could read his thoughts from the contempt sprinkled in his eyes. Here comes Parrick with yet another Sub-Zero conquest. He was used to the overhive perfection of Callie Bale or Caroluna Rayner, and Brianne Holland wasn't quite in their class when it came to confidence or the constant air of superiority. Bree was wearing one of the many available sets of workout wear in our well-stocked section of the penthouse suite. Their cut was fine, even if the colors paled in comparison to Asher McNeil's current attire. Asher was well-mannered, even if her eyes and bodysuit suggested otherwise, and her curiosity got the better of her. She came over to meet Bree. Parrick, I wanted to thank you again for the lovely afternoon at the Sunshine Club. Agnes loved it too. Ash, this is Brianne Holland. Bree, this is Asher McNeil, and that's her brother Court. Ash accompanied Luna and me on a recent trip to one of the sunnier shores of Sub-Zero. House Holland was the overseer for all of Hydra Cluster's imports. Hives could only be self-sufficient to a point, relying on sanctioned trade for refined nutrients and raw materials. Some of it came from other hive clusters, on-planet agriculture or mining, while the rest came from off-world traders. House Bale managed the other half of the coin, covering everything Hydra Cluster exported. There was always a tricky balance to maintain between the two commerce-driven operations. The houses of Rayner and Kilhaven had a similar balance to heed regarding cluster security. At the same time, McNeil's spaceport operations and guns engineering oversight straddled most of Hydra Cluster's technical administratum. Bree wasn't intimidated in the least by the other woman's standing or appearance. Asher, will you be joining us for today's excursion? If I didn't know better, I would swear Bree was enjoying my newfound discomfort. Ash's eyes perked up. Parrick, you're going swimming again. Well, I'm still working on my tan. Will Luna be going too? Of course. Miss Rayner is my bodyguard. Asher frowned. Bree elbowed me. Today I had a mind for business more than pleasure, but figured I could find a better balance. Ash, if you and Agnes aren't too busy this afternoon, it would be great if you could join us. Asher quickly forgot her powerful pout. Does Miss Holland have something to wear? I'd be glad to help her find something comfortable yet cutting edge. It was my turn to elbow Bree. Brianne Holland's sense of fashion began and ended with her brother Evan's good taste. While he was up on a few of the latest designers, Asher McNeil lived for fashion and the attention that it drew. No red-blooded male would pass up the chance to enjoy it. Bree, you'll still get to bring your pistols. They have changing rooms right at the pool. Asher sealed the deal. Parrick likes surprises. Okay, maybe just this once. While Bree and Asher were hunting through the garment districts of the Upper Hive, Luna escorted me into the offices of Confessor Lewin, and thankfully she waited outside. Lewin was joined by interrogator Marsden and an older gentleman that I hadn't met. Where Marsden was tough and assertive, the newcomer appeared to be more refined, but no less dangerous in his demeanor or the shape of his eyes. Speaking slowly, Lewin began the interrogation. Parrick, 
We called you in for several reasons. We'd like to know how your Arbiter escort is working out, and if you've been able to make any progress towards the Underhive. I felt like a lab rat or someone fresh from a hibernation vat. Confessor Lewin, Arbiter Rainer is competent and determined. We can coexist. While I've only had a couple days, I'm making progress, rebuilding my connections and gathering resources. Interrogator Marsden wasn't satisfied with our sedate pace of discourse. Reports say that two men were found shot dead near a club you visited last night. Reports would have stated a lot more than that if Caroluna Rayner had written them. They knew the truth and didn't have to waste my time. A pair of Lady Hans wardens tracked me down as I visited several Sub-Zero establishments. They weren't there to welcome me back. Assassins, said Lewin. You could call them that. A crew from a rival gang happened to be on hand to intercept them at the last moment. Marsden wouldn't let it go. How do you know that they wanted to kill you? I slowly drew out a pair of knives, daggers really, and placed them on Lewin's desk. One has a gray curse, the other is empty. How do you know? The mystery man had observed the conversation, judging everyone else. I can see it and feel it. I felt the bite of another warden's weapon. You called it a curse, why? I shrugged. What would you call something that can undo a person? Not every person, not those of a rival gang. True. The fates are special, and the wardens can disarm them of their abilities. Using these blades, they can make it a permanent arrangement. How are the fates special? I scooped up the two daggers and tucked them safely away. I can't say. Are those daggers trophies to you? I didn't laugh. No, they're keys. And if the right doors open, they might be enough to bait the warp witch. Bait it to do what? The witch seemed determined to keep track of the warden's special weapons. Perhaps that meant they were a threat to its existence, too. I've got a birthday coming up. I figure a party is in order, and I'd like for Lady Hahn to attend. I looked at the floor and realized that the most likely scenario had me missing the real party. I could practically feel the presence of Luna Rayner sitting outside the office. As distant as she was, she carried a warmth and a concern far beyond these three men. Maybe she'd grow up and lose it. I hoped she'd at least have that chance. Marsden's hellgun lifted my chin. Killhaven, you don't seem to be taking this situation seriously. Why are you here? I brushed it away, screaming, Feth you! The gun flew into the far wall, leaving the man startled and temporarily without a weapon at the ready. Marsden, hold. The older gentleman stood up. We're not here for this. I stood up too. I'd been making progress and had enough of others manipulating my existence. I didn't have to lean far to get in Marsden's face. You're asking me why I'm here? The doctors in the Medicaid couldn't answer that question, and neither had Confessor Lewin or Emilio Rayner. Nobody knew why I'd survived except me. Nobody had a clue what motivated an 18-year-old scion beyond his libido. I stared at Marsden, wondering if his hellgun had a name. Their names were Zaxaez, Kiskaman, and Silgo. Lady Hahn called Silgo a grave dancer, and they undid me in an instant, turning my reality into a nightmare and my life into a funeral. I've died dozens of times over the past two years and lived out of complete terror of remaining forever within their grasp. I still do. I don't feel like I have much of a soul left, but having felt Lady Han's touch, I won't leave those few friends I have left to the mercy of a warp witch. By the end of my rant, I may have gotten a bit loud. I'm sure Luna enjoyed the yelling from outside the door. I stopped for a moment, catching my breath and reading the faces around me. That's why I'm here. When I'm done, you can drop me in the feathering recycler for all I care. Marsden smiled and looked over at the older gentleman, as if this scene had been planned out from the start.
Parrot Kilhaven, I am Inquisitor Teodoro Locke. I am the reason that you are here under a microscope, instead of continuing your mission into the Underhive. Locke placed a small device on Lewin's desk and tapped the comms device in his wrist. Banisher Stone, please repeat your last. The room filled with a new voice. Female, older, but far from withered. Tell Marsden to pick up his hellgun and kill him. Kamara, why is that? Killhaven carries the marks of three named warp entities. Silgeman the Grave Dancer is a known companion of the demon Han, and we must assume the other two are as well. I've logged them as such. Kamara Stone sounded like she knew what she was talking about, and I could certainly use a few hints. I spoke before the Hellgun could. Banisher Stone, how does Lady Han bring new entities into our world? Lady Han must have an altar in the Underhive and suitable sacrifices on hand to channel the favor of Han. What do you mean by sacrifices? Humans, hive castoffs. The lower levels are always teeming with drug addicts and near casualties of gang brawls. Are the lowest levels of Hydra Secundus abnormally vacant? Yes, especially 99B. I recalled the sector's illicit kiosks and random dead ends. They even have traps set up with hounds to chase the unsuspecting rabbit. My path into the Underhive hadn't been totally unplanned, but they'd gotten far more than they bargained for when they cornered me. It fits. Why don't I hear a gunshot? I held up my hands to Marsden. There is one thing that has me puzzled. The powers of the fates are supposedly imported from an unknown site, but Silgo came straight through without any altar. It jumped right out of Lady Han's hand. There was a slight pause as Stone took that in. Lady Han has become a demon host. The end game is nearer than we expected. To me, Lady Han was still a warp witch in need of a thrashing. When does the end game begin? Whenever the warp demon Han arrives on Fulcrum 4. I was released into the custody of Luna Rayner a short time later, and the sight of her wrecked my mood further. She was chained to a suicidal maniac on his way to flush out a demon host, and the worst part was that I didn't think she knew. How was your meeting? Did Confessor Lewin get what he needed? It wasn't only Lewin. There were others. We've stepped in at this time. I could fish as well. Is that why my father has nightly calls with the governor? They're not planning my birthday party, if that's what you're asking. What could I tell her? If we failed to catch Lady Han, our lives would be over. And if we did encounter the witch, things would likely be far worse. The fact that Luna was a junior arbiter and not a grizzled veteran like Fogel Sharp would probably make zero difference in the final outcome. What really got me was that I liked her, and more than that, I admired her. Luna Rayner carried a hellgun like most Overhive women carried a tote or a control wand for the latest drone servant. She never put the gun under my chin like Marsden. Okay, there was that one time in the lift, and she listened when I spoke. Really listened. I would try to do the same for her. Luna, what do you think of Brianne Holland? I think you could do better, but I also think that you could do far worse. I dated Callie Bale and couldn't figure out where she fit on that scale. Luna, I don't think I can do better. I don't think I'll ever get the chance. It was the biggest hint that I could provide at the moment. The vote in Lewin's office had come up short, granting me a reprieve. Parrick, just come out and say it. I could see the possibilities dancing in her eyes, but it was too late for promises or threats. Luna, when the time comes to use that hell gun of yours, you better use it for all it's worth.